Hazrat Khalib al-Masih the fifth, Ayyadullah bin Aziz, recited verse 18 of Surah At-Tawbah and then stated, The translation of this verse is as follows. He alone can keep the mosques of Allah in a good and flourishing condition who believes in Allah and the last day and observes prayer and pays the zakat and fears none but Allah. So these it is who may be among those who reach the goal. Alhamdulillah, all praise be to Allah. Allah the Exalted has enabled us to construct the first mosque in this city and it is being officially inaugurated today. During inaugural ceremonies of secular buildings or buildings that are constructed for worldly benefits, according to the custom of the world, particularly in Western countries and generally throughout the world, there is much jubilation. And it is asserted that they will derive such and such worldly benefit from this building. 
However, when we inaugurate or construct a mosque, we do so with the intention to attain the pleasure of Allah the Exalted. Our only purpose and goal which we must continue to maintain should be attaining of the pleasure of Allah the Exalted. In order to attain the pleasure of Allah the Exalted, it is incumbent to follow the commandments of Allah. The first and foremost among them is fulfilling the rights of the worship of Allah and we must do so in the manner as prescribed by Him. In the verse which I recited and the translation of which has been read out, Allah the Exalted has told us as to what should be the goal of those constructing a mosque. And who are those people who fulfill the rights of constructing a mosque? They are those people who are concerned about populating it and are worried about keeping it in a good condition. They are those who believe in Allah the Exalted and the Day of Judgment. Everyone claims to believe in Allah the Exalted and the Day of Judgment. But Allah says that it is incumbent to demonstrate this through practical example. This can only take place when we show a practical example of iqamat salat which is observance of prayer. What is iqamat salat How is it expressed or how can we physically manifest it? Firstly, its practical expression lies in the observance of congregational prayers. Secondly, it lies in showing due diligence towards God Almighty. This is what we find in the sayings and the exegesis of the Promised Messiah salam. Thus, only those people truly observe prayer who are regular in the observance of congregational prayers, who observe prayers while purely focusing on Allah the Exalted, who observe prayers with supplications, istighfar, i.e. seeking forgiveness, and attentiveness. If their attention gets diverted elsewhere, they focus again on God Almighty. 
every one of us can analyze themselves as to what extent they are trying to reach this standard of Iqamatul Salat. The majority of the people in this materialistic world do not pay attention towards offering prayers in congregation. Furthermore, even if they come to the mosque, they neither pay attention in the fard, i.e. obligatory prayers, nor in the sunnah prayers, i.e. the voluntary prayers, as is their due right. Should this be the case, we ourselves are personally able to gauge our situation as to whether we are truly among those people whom Allah the Exalted has mentioned, who keep the mosque in a good and flourishing condition and who fulfill rights owed to it. He then said that they also pay the zakat. They offer financial sacrifices for the sake of their religion and they also do so for the betterment of humanity and in order to fulfill their rights. Following this, Allah the Exalted says that they fear none but Allah the Exalted. They remain concerned lest Allah the Exalted becomes displeased with any of their deeds and lest they become deprived of His love. They always remain mindful and act in accordance with the guidance and commandments which Allah the Exalted has commanded a true believer to uphold. and have been mentioned in the Holy Qur'an. Hence, the responsibilities of believing Muslims are not small or insignificant. Furthermore, following the construction of this mosque, the responsibilities of those people who come here, or those who attribute themselves to this mosque, has increased manyfold. You will have to fulfill the rights of your worship as well as those of the creation of Allah the Exalted. Only then will you be counted among the guided ones in the sight of Allah the Exalted. Only then will you be counted among those upon whom Allah the Exalted showers His affection. In the verse preceding the one recited, Allah the Exalted mentioned that those who associate partners with God have no right to construct or populate mosques as their hearts are filled with the love of other gods. Furthermore, a person whose heart is filled with the love of other gods can neither fulfill the rights of Allah nor the rights of His creation. There are various forms of shirk, i.e. associating partners with God. The Promised Messiah has stated on one occasion that there are various forms of shirk. The first form is the more common and correctly understood form in which a person stones, 
lifeless objects, energies, and imaginary gods and goddesses have been taken to be God. The Promised Messiah states that even though this form of shirk is present in the world today and it is visible, people have started to view this form of shirk with dislike as this is the age of reason and understanding. Even though this shirk is present, knowledge has enabled people to use logic to reject the fact that these idols made out of stone can do anything for us. The Promise of Islam further states that there is another form of shirk which is subtly poisoning the people and it is continuously increasing in this age. This refers to the fact that people no longer have any trust and faith in God the Exalted. The Promised Messiah elaborated on this fact in the following manner that in comparison to God the Exalted, people have more trust and faith in other objects and means. They are more inclined towards their employments their businesses and their worldly endeavours and undertakings. This is the very reason people do not focus during their prayers and why they do not pay attention towards populating mosques. Hence, we should pray and humbly supplicate before Allah the Exalted that, O Lord, make us believers in the true sense. Since becoming a believer is merely achievable through the blessings of Allah the Exalted, we can only attain this rank if we supplicate for it. We should not rejoice at the mere fact that we have constructed a very beautiful mosque in the city of Philadelphia. Rather, we should fulfill its rights. And when we are presented before God Almighty, we should hear the words that these are the people who constructed a mosque for the sake of God Almighty and also try to fulfill its rights. Hence, these people are counted among those guided ones and those people whom Allah is pleased and happy with. Thus, we should strive to develop this thought within us. Once we have developed this thought, and once we strive to act accordingly, we will experience the blessings and bounties of this mosque in this world. Our children and offspring will remain attached to their religion. we will be among those who are spreading the message of Allah the Exalted in this area and city. We will be among those who establish the unity of God in the world and we will be the ones waving the flag of the Holy Prophet throughout the world.
the Promised Messiah has mentioned one purpose of the construction of a mosque in the following words that you should construct a mosque wherever you wish to spread the true teachings and the message of Islam. The Promised Messiah states At present, our Jamaat is in great need of mosques. This is a house of God. In whichever village or city a mosque of ours is constructed, you may consider that the foundation of the progress of the Jamaat has been laid. If you wish to spread Islam in a village or city where few Muslims can be found, or there are no Muslims at all, you should build a mosque and God will draw Muslims there Himself. However, this cannot be achieved by merely constructing a mosque. The Promised Messiah Islam states, The condition is that when constructing a mosque, one's intention should be sincere. The mosque should be constructed with full sincerity and not for pretension. The Promised Messiah Islam states that it should be done for the sake of Allah. In other words, the mosque should be merely constructed for the sake of Allah. Personal interests or vices should not have anything to do with it. Only then does God shower His blessings. Hence, we should always be mindful of the fact that when we construct mosques and offer financial sacrifices for the construction of mosques, it should have no hint of ostentation. Rather, our intention should be that once the mosque is constructed, we will be able to fulfill the rites of worship and so will our future generations remain protected and attached with their religion. Thus, along with the construction and population of this mosque, another huge responsibility has been placed on the shoulders of the residents here, and that is to make this mosque a means of spreading the true message of Islam in this city. It is said that across this city, there are 47 mosques or prayer centers. However, this is the first purpose-built mosque. Hence, as this building has been constructed as a mosque, its purpose is not to tell people what the actual shape of a mosque is. Rather, it is to inform them that the true picture of the beautiful and peaceful teachings of Islam will be presented to the world through this mosque. We are the ones who spread the true message of Islam in the world along with prayers and worship. Now we will continue this through our practical example to an even greater extent. By demonstrating a practical example of the teachings of Islam in this area, we also have to increase the population of Ahmadi Muslims. However, I have been told that apart from one or two families, our Ahmadi population generally lives at some distance from here. I was speaking to Amir Sahib and he mentioned the fact that the total area and plot of the mosque is quite vast and that they can obtain permission for construction within the premises.
if flats or houses can be constructed here, or if Ahmadis are granted permission to do so, people can live near the mosque. In my opinion, this is a good suggestion, and this should be considered. If this suggestion can be implemented, you should certainly try to settle Ahmadi families here. Once there is an Ahmadi population here, and they come here with the intention of populating the mosque, as well as spreading the beautiful message of Islam, then Allah the Exalted will bless this intention, and in turn, it will also serve to increase the Ahmadi population. Inshallah, God willing. Our history tells us that when Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Sadiq Sahib came to the United States as a missionary in 1920, he arrived at the harbour here in Philadelphia. However, he was not allowed to enter the country and was refused entry. He was imprisoned in a building alongside other prisoners. As a result of his preaching efforts, within two months, 15 of the prisoners accepted Islam. Alongside his preaching efforts, his practical example, his piety and his prayers were also key. Hence, these things are vital in tabligh activities. Furthermore, during his stay here, it is said that approximately five or six thousand people became Ahmadis. Hazrat Muslim at the time stated that if this is the amount of people entering the fold of Ahmadiyyat, then within a few decades that figure could reach the hundreds of thousands. In any case, this target was not achieved due to whatever hindrance, circumstances or our own shortcomings. But now we have the opportunity to make this endeavour with resolve. In fact, the message of Ahmadiyyat reached here in the time of the Promised Messiah which he has mentioned in his book Barahina Ahmadiyya. Thus he states, Similarly, there are well-wishing people of this community in English-speaking countries too who express their loyalty to it and sing its praises. They say that they are in complete agreement of these teachings. The Prophet Islam says, Hence, Dr. Baker, whose name is A. George Baker of 404 Susquehanna Avenue, Philadelphia, America, who, having read my name and mention in the Review of Religions magazine, wrote a note saying, Mr. Baker wrote an article and said, I completely agree with the thoughts of your Imam. He has presented the true face of Islam to the world, which was presented by the Holy Prophet ﷺ.
in one of his reports, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Sadiq Sahib writes, In the few days this humble one has spent in America, despite all the difficulties and hurdles from the prejudiced Christians, much success was attained. All praise belongs to Allah for this. He then writes, At this moment in time, from my preaching endeavours, twenty-nine men and women have entered into this true religion, whose names will be presented along with their new Islamic names. He then noted the details and then wrote, Number one and two are Dr. George Baker Sahib and Mr. Ahmed Anderson Sahib, who have remained in contact with me through letters for a long time and have been Muslims for a while. They are sincere Muslims and I deem it necessary for their names to be at the top of the list. Furthermore, as I have already mentioned, there were other names on that list. Recently, the grave of Dr. Baker was located here in Philadelphia. He passed away in 1918 and was buried here. So in that time, approximately a hundred years ago, Ahmadiyyat had reached here. Nevertheless, as I have mentioned that God Almighty has enabled us to construct a beautiful mosque here in this city. Therefore, now the community, alongside the local missionary, must devise such plans for preaching in order for the beautiful teachings of Islam to spread in every direction. and for this area to become such an abode of peace and beauty that people strive to come and live here. In terms of population, this is the sixth largest city in America. If the true message of Islam is conveyed here and in neighboring areas, then God willing, from among these very people will be born those who are true worshippers and will fill the mosques and they will be those who fear God Almighty and become rightly guided. Thus, every mosque that we construct presents us with a big challenge in that we must reform our conditions by forging a connection with God Almighty and improve our practical conditions and also open up new avenues for Tablig. We should not be content with the fact that we have constructed a mosque, or that in this age we have accepted the ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, who was to revive the teachings of Islam. The promised Messiah was to remove all the misconceptions that people had towards Islam, irrespective of whether these misconceptions were a result of non-Muslim interference or the exegesis of so-called Muslim scholars.
it is now our responsibility as those who have accepted the promised Messiah Islam, to strive to our utmost ability and using all our faculties we must reform our conditions and raise the standards of our worship to the level that God Almighty wished for us to achieve and was repeatedly outlined to us by the promised Messiah Islam. I have been informed that the expenditure of this mosque is $8.1 million. One third of the amount was given by the local Jamaat and some by the national headquarters, the details of which I shall present later on. These $8.1 million will only prove beneficial when we fulfill the purpose of this mosque. Despite living far away, if for the time being there are not many people living nearby, whoever resides in this area should strive to populate this mosque five times a day. On one occasion, the Promised Messiah says, the real beauty of a mosque does not lie in its outward appearance, rather it lies in those worshippers who offer their prayers with sincerity, otherwise all mosques are deserted. In those days they were desolate, but today the erroneous slogans of so-called scholars have turned mosques from an abode of peace into a place of turmoil. The Promised Messiah then says, the mosque of the Holy Prophet was small. Its roof was made from branches of date trees and when it rained, the water would seep through. But ponder over the magnificent works that took place in that mosque. The Promised Messiah further says, The soul of a mosque is reliant upon its worshippers. He further adds, It is vital that mosques are constructed for the propagation of righteousness. Thus, if you populate this mosque by worshipping with sincerity and righteousness, then your worship will be accepted. And you will also be able to spread the message of Islam to the non-Muslims in the correct manner. On one occasion, the Holy Prophet said, Whoever enters our mosques with the intention of learning virtuous deeds, he will be counted amongst those people who perform jihad in the way of God Almighty. Hence, this is the purpose of a true Muslim. Today, the name of Islam is tarnished for the reason that it teaches jihad, and the actions of some Muslims contribute to this slander. However, it is the responsibility of a true believer to learn virtuous deeds, to act on these virtues and then spread them. In essence, he will then be performing jihad and it is our responsibility as Ahmadis to perform this jihad. The Promised Messiah has repeatedly advised us to learn virtuous deeds, to act on them and also to make progress in righteousness. Thus, on one occasion, the Promised Messiah says, 
Listen carefully to this advice. Those who enter this community and forge a connection of devotion and subservience, it is so that they can scale the ultimate heights of virtue, piety and righteousness and are free from all form of mischief, discord and immorality. They should observe the five daily prayers and refrain from falsehood. They should not cause anyone any harm through their speech, nor cause any kind of distress. They should not commit any kind of immoral act and should not entertain any kind of mischief, discord or act of cruelty even in their hearts. He further says, In short, they should not commit any sort of evil or any vice that can be committed or uttered. They should not commit any sin physically or verbally. They should not exhibit any of these immoral practices and also abstain from all carnal desires or any excessive actions. They should become pure-hearted, harmless and humble servants of God Almighty and no poisonous trait should be left within them. Their objective should be to show compassion for the whole of mankind and the fear of God. They should purify their tongues, hands and their thoughts from every evil, impurity, dishonesty and rebellious ways. They should observe the five daily prayers with the utmost attention and abstain from every injustice, cruelty, fraud, corruption, failing to discharge one's due rights and favoritism. Showing excess favoritism is also incorrect and usurping the rights of others is also wrong. We should be extra mindful of this fact and also abstain from evil company. The youth should pay particular attention to this. These days there are different ways of keeping evil company. Through some social media platforms or there are immoral things on other forums all of these aspects are a form of evil company and we should refrain from them. <laughs> Many people have come here from Pakistan having sought asylum or are here on a refugee status. They need to pay particular attention. The objective of every Ahmadi should not be simply to seek worldly pleasures and its attractions. Rather, they should have a deep concern for the hereafter because its rewards and fruits are everlasting. The Promised Messiah writes, God Almighty prepares a form of ledger for each person on a daily basis, recording all their deeds. One's deeds are recorded on a daily basis. Therefore, man should also prepare a daily log of all his deeds. He should assess all his good deeds as well as the ill deeds he commits and also which acts of virtue he adhered to and to which ones he failed to discharge. The Promised Messiah further states, One should not simply just prepare this register but rather should then reflect upon it. It is only then that one can strive towards performing virtuous deeds and be counted among the guided ones in the sight of God Almighty. The Promised Messiah states, One should assess as to how much progress they have made in virtuous deeds. 
One's today and tomorrow should never be the same. One who makes no progress in virtuous deeds and his today is the same as his tomorrow, consider him to be in great loss. However, one who believes in God Almighty and has perfect belief in Him shall never perish. Thus, greatly ponder over this. If God Almighty is bestowing His grace and blessings upon us, then it is incumbent for us to express our gratitude to Him. Thus, those who have become neglectful of fulfilling the due rights of God Almighty and His worship, owing to their worldly endeavours, should pay great focus towards this. They should assess their conditions in that is their practice in harmony with the pledge they have made in their bed. Those who have recently come here should remember that immersing oneself into worldly pursuits is not a sign of progress, rather one's destruction. And you should always be mindful of the fact that you are to give precedence to your faith over all worldly aspects. You should fulfill the due rights of the mosques and also the due rights of God Almighty's worship. I shall present another extract from the writings of the Promised Messiah in which he states, Remember that our Jamaat is not simply for living a life like other normal worldly people. It is not enough to simply proclaim to be a Muslim and consider no need of any action, which unfortunately has become the state of Muslims today. If they are asked whether they are Muslims, they reply, All praise is to Allah, and yet they do not offer their prayers, and nor afford respect and honour to the holy and sacred institutions of God Almighty. Therefore I do not desire from you to simply utter a proclamation from your tongue, and practically demonstrate nothing. This is a futile condition to have, and God Almighty is certainly not pleased with this. And it was for the reformation of this very condition of the world that God Almighty has sent me. Thus, if despite forging a bond with me, one does not reform his condition, and nor progress in his practical faculties, and instead considers the utterance from his tongue to be sufficient, then such actions of a person will signify that he does not consider my advent necessary. As mentioned earlier, enhancing one's practical faculties means to fulfill the due rights of God Almighty, of His worship and of His creation. Moreover, it is to propagate the message of Islam to the world. The Promised Messiah further states, If through your practice you wish to demonstrate that there is no need of my advent, then what is the purpose of forming a bond with me? Thus, if you establish a connection with me, then you must fulfill the purpose and aim for which I have come and that is for one to show loyalty and faithfulness to God Almighty and act upon the teachings of the Holy Qur'an in the manner demonstrated by the Holy Prophet ﷺ and his companions. Ponder over the correct principles laid out in the Holy Qur'an and act upon them. For God Almighty, it will not be sufficient enough for one to merely profess verbal belief and then not follow up with improved actions and deeds. Remember, the community that God Almighty wishes to establish cannot survive without righteous deeds. Without actions, a community cannot survive. This is that remarkable community, the inception of which began from the time of Prophet Adam. There is not a single prophet that appeared in this world who failed to make mention of this message. Therefore, cherish this message 
and one can only do that by proving through one's actions that they are the ones who belong to this righteous community. Thus, this is not a small matter. Rather, it is one that requires great thought and contemplation. Always remember that worldly provisions or wealth can never guarantee our safety or the safety of our progeny. In fact, it is only the grace and blessings of God Almighty and only by forging a connection with Him and acting on His commandments that we can ensure our security. May Allah the Almighty enable every one of us to live our lives according to these teachings. Usually during the inauguration of mosques, I mention certain details of the mosque construction and I will present them today as well. The details are as follows. The land for the mosque was bought in 2007. Approximately six years later in 2013, construction work started. During this time there were some hindrances. Whether they were just or not, nonetheless, this year it has been completed. As I have mentioned, the total cost of this mosque was $8.1 million, in which the local Jamaat of Philadelphia gave just over $2,435,000. The other Jamaats in the United States donated just over $1,240,000. National Headquarters contribution was just over four million. $447,000. The National Headquarters donated approximately more than half the amount. Initially, only two acres of the land was obtained, and later on, a further acre was obtained. Then in 2015, a non-Muslim, who was perhaps a Christian, gifted his property adjacent to the mosque. Whatever his intention was, whether it was worldly or something else, he gave it to the Jamaat as charity. At present, the total area of the land is four acres. As I mentioned before, housing schemes or flats can be built here. The covered area of this building is 21,400 square foot. It is a three-story building in the basement there is a commercial kitchen. On the middle level, an apartment for a missionary has been built and there is a library and offices on the top floor. The mosque area is divided into two parts. There is a hall for men and women, which is 5,000 square feet. It has been divided into two using a partition and there is space for approximately 350 men and 350 women to offer prayers. In this part of the building, separate toilets have been made for men and women, as well as other necessities. There is a 6,000 square feet multipurpose hall, which can accommodate 700 people, and can also be used for sports. There are also offices of the Jamaat there. There is car parking for 46 cars and altogether 86 cars can be parked. May Allah enable all Ahmadis 
to fulfill the purpose of building a mosque laid out by Allah the Almighty, which I have just mentioned. And may this mosque be a milestone in spreading the true message of Islam in this area. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد الله إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا مبتور رسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وَدُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ يَقْبَلُ